It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions every day of basketball and hockey playoffs. DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part? It's free for you to get a shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's game and track your results throughout the evening. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Friday, May 21st. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, Jimmy Murphy, the whole crew in the house for this Friday edition of the show, ready to take a look ahead to the Friday NHL card. Before we get to that, a reminder, we've got our second BetCast, courtesy of the Ice Guys, tonight starting at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're looking forward to it. It was so much fun on Tuesday, uh, the first BetCast, and we're looking forward uh, basically to uh, the uh, second uh, BetCast tonight, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time uh, on the Ice Guys YouTube channel. Again, if you want to be a guest and appear on the stream, on the show with us, send me a DM. We'll get it uh, We'll get it done. We'll make sure it happens. Uh, you know, Bring your favorite beverage, whatever that may be as well. Uh, beverages, because you should have more than one when you're doing that show for as long as we are. <laughs> so uh, we're looking forward to it. We got a great night of hockey, four games on tap. Before we get to tonight's games and breaking them down, just briefly, because we know Jimmy's tight for time, uh, we're going to go rapid fire through some thoughts on last night. Uh, certainly when you look at it, Pittsburgh, uh, really gutsy, crazy game with the Islanders. Back and forth, Penguins win uh, 5-4. Jeff Carter continues to be on fire. What a display of physicality and nastiness in that game. We saw multiple scrums. We saw under the entire Pittsburgh uh, five players that were on the ice for one of those ships. They ended up uh, basically – uh, in the penalty box at the same time. So uh, that game definitely had a lot of uh, uh, anger to it. No question about that. Pittsburgh, gutsy win. I mean, the Islanders kept on coming back, and Pittsburgh found a way to win 5-4, making Melissa, our resident Penguins Ice Guys uh, fan, uh, very, very happy. Uh, the Habs and the Leafs, uh, look, I can't say I'm shocked. Toronto falling into the same predicament as Edmonton. You know, everybody picked Edmonton to beat Winnipeg. They lost game one. Everybody picked Toronto to beat Montreal. Uh, they lost game one, uh, two to one. Great short-handed goal by Paul Byron, of course. Uh, marring that, I should say, or you know, basically taking the spotlight away from that win for Montreal was obviously the 
John Tavares incident in the first period. Uh, I don't know what the hockey code is anymore. I honestly don't. I think we're at the point now where we got to have it written in stone, like some kind of scribe or something to point by point what exactly the code is right now, because I have no clue. You know, it seems like even for accidental incidents or collisions, someone's still got to answer the bell, not just for deliberate uh, attempts to injure. So I don't know what to do with this uh, hockey code anymore, but obviously uh, it was a scary incident. I mean, you saw that he looked like he had his eyes glazed over, rolling in the back of his head. It was a scary, scary scene to see John Tavares laying almost motionless on the ice, needing the stretcher uh, to be taken uh, off the ice. Uh, I like that Corey Perry went over and gave him a little tap, you know, say, you know, sorry, hope you feel better. And uh, John responds with the thumbs up. That was a good scene because these are bitter rivals, Canadians and Leafs. So to see that kind of scene was nice. Um, I don't think the fight was totally necessary, but I understand from Nick Foligno's standpoint and the Leafs standpoint why it happened. I think it was accidental. There was no intent behind it. Uh, Perry tried to get out of the way, but uh, I'll say this, Foligno, uh, his response was perfect, I thought. Uh, we don't think it was intentional what he did, but that's our captain laying on the ice, severe trouble, may not see him again this series, but that's very possible at this point. We had to do something. We just can't stand pat and move on, move forward. And, and he said, credit to Perry, he obliged, he dropped the gloves. Whether he thought he was in the right or wrong didn't matter. He dropped the gloves willingly and fought with Felino. And he said, that's the way it is. And uh, he said, if, if the Montreal captain is laying on the ice like Tavares was, they might have felt the same way we do right now, that we still had to do something and drop the gloves and fight after that. So uh, the, the good news is, latest update, guys, is Tavares is just resting comfortably back in his home. He's got the team physicians monitoring him, looking out for him. So he looks like he's going to be all right long term. It's just a question of now, how long is he out of the lineup? But uh, Habs get the win. Uh, two to one. And just like with Edmonton tonight, a lot of pressure now goes to Toronto to try to bounce back in game two. Uh, we saw also last night, the uh, Minnesota wild, just an absolutely awful second and third period after an early uh, hot start in that game. Uh, they got their ass beat. Like I know Terry Edelman is flapping his gums about the refs. I don't want to hear it. Stop, you know, please. I know they weren't good. They weren't great last night, but please. I, I mean that they got their ass beat in the second and the third period. Big time in that game. They got absolutely slaughtered. Shots, possession, chances, the whole bit. No excuse. They just got outplayed. And Minnesota will have to be better in game four or else they're probably done. They can't go down 3-1 going back to Vegas. Uh, Jimmy, we'll start with you. Some thoughts last night uh, in NHL playoff action. Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, obviously my thoughts and, you know, good vibes go out to uh, uh, to John Tavares and his family. And I'm glad, you know, the news came out this morning that he's OK. Just a horrifying, horrifying scene there. Um, you know, and look, I, I I'm with you. I get what Nick Foligno is doing, but maybe we need to change that about, you know, hockey right now. I mean, I asked Brad Marchand about that this morning. He said the same thing as you, but it's like it's pretty clear it was an accident. and you know. Perry and Tavares are good friends. He's not going to intentionally injure this guy. They know each other well from Hockey Canada. Um, and he's, like you said, he's over there. He's making sure he's okay as he's getting stretched off the ice. And, you know, there was one close-up. I've been trying to find it, but I, I saw one last night where, I mean, he, his eyes looked like they were tearing up. And, you know, I think there has to come a point in this game where we stop punishing any hit or any contact with a fight. That's not the code. That's not the code I grew up with. I don't know about you guys. You're younger than me, but 
I don't know when this trickled into the game. I feel it was like kind of in the last 10 years. But, you know, every good hit and every bit of contact or, or just the result, seeing somebody on the ice, just because somebody's down on the ice uh, doesn't mean that there necessarily has to be um, repercussion or, you know, retribution, so to speak. It's it's getting out of hand. And it's something that I think the game, you know, the NHLPA and the league need to look at right now. Uh, that was just it was unnecessary. But what, what made me mad even more, like what really angered me even more was Wayne Simmons chasing him around. Like, all right, you know, it's done. He he fought and he willingly said, okay, man, I get it. You got to stick up for your captain for what I goddamn don't know. But you got to stick up for your captain. Fine, I'll fight you. But what's Wayne Simmons doing? Grow up. Like, seriously, you, you should be more focused on beating Carey Price and, and avoiding losing on home ice in game one as heavy favorites and choking again, like you always do, uh, than, than worrying about chasing Corey Perry around. And that just shows you maybe why Toronto – might not win this series is because their heads aren't in the right place. And they never, they never are. It just seems like there's always something they're more focused on than winning. And I feel for Toronto Maple Leafs fans right now, because the, the Canadians have clearly stolen the momentum right now. And, you know, now you got price who's playing in his first game back after so long, he gains that momentum. He he's getting his mental game back. Uh, and he knows now that he's okay. That's not a good scenario for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They could easily go back to the Bell Center down to nothing, but the only thing that might save them is that there's no fans because if you go back to a Bell Center down to nothing, I mean besides the 2011 Boston Bruins or the uh who was it the 2008 Carolina Hurricanes that went in and both in the first rounds or Carolina was a second round down 2-0 to the Bell Center. It doesn't happen much where a team's going to win both games there and tie the series. So this is a must win coming up. I mean it's an obvious statement, but they need to forget about this and move on uh, if they have any chance in this uh, series. I mean, he's fine. Let's go. Let's move on. That's right. And uh, you know what? There's definitely some emotional and just everything is just chaos in their minds and their heads are spinning after an incident like that, Toronto. And that definitely, I think, affected them a little bit. To, uh, Montreal played well. I mean, Price played well. They yeah. deserve the win. But now we're going to get a clear indication. You know, you got 48 hours to park the the incident involving your captain last mm-hmm. night it was a it was a harrowing experience it was a very very uh, tough tough situation to have to witness but now you got 48 hours to shake it out of your system recalibrate your mind and refocus on a, the, the task at hand and that's winning this series and finally winning a first round series so saturday night we'll see what the leafs yeah. uh, bring to the table in that I regard want, i want to mention florida and tampa bay too yes i, mean, I forgot what, that what a, what a crazy game i mean yep. again these guys are just throwing on uh old school late 80s hockey games there like we said a couple days ago look uh we got to give credit to sergey Bobrovsky, right i mean he was he was not he was the goat a few days ago and they put Drieger in and now you know Drieger struggles he comes back in and i thought that showed a lot of guts a lot of heart the way he played last night uh, to give his team a chance to win, and then they took that chance and ran with it and won in overtime. That is a huge win for the Florida Panthers. That's a big-time gutsy win there against the defending champs. And, you know, you look at some of the other games, like you said, a really gutsy win for Pittsburgh there because, let's face it, guys, the Islanders, I, I thought, were taking it to them. They weren't giving up. They weren't going away, and yet Pittsburgh still finds a way to win there. So a lot of credit to them. And, you know, when you get five goals – Right. And, and Crosby's not on the on the point sheet. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I, I love what they did there. And like you said, I love Terry, but by no means did the refs have anything to do with the stinker that the Minnesota Wild laid last night. Uh, they got to get their act together if they're going to stay in this series. 
yeah, just a t- just outplayed, and finally the dam burst a little for Cam Talbot. And you know, like you're going to have what barely not even 20 shots on goal uh, in a hockey game in three periods. You're going to have a difficult time winning. But yeah, unbelievable by Florida. I totally I forgot about that game in my uh, recap there at the beginning. Outstanding. And to think about not just having to win this game on the road down two nothing in the series, but the fact they got off to that start two nothing and it got completely de- uh, demolished, and they were down five three. And it looked like they had every reason to tap out all over again and say, well, you know what? We came out strong. They roared back and took the lead. It's over. We're done. We just can't beat this team. We're going to go down 3 nothing. We're not going to win this series. We're not going to win this game. They didn't do that, though. 5-3, they kept on battling, tied it up 5-5. The gutsy move to go to Bobrovsky. Uh, he didn't have to face many shots, but he made the saves he had to. And then Ryan Lomberg. The Brad version of Brad Marchand, I guess you could say, on this Florida Panthers team, although much less skilled uh, in terms of offense. But still, he's got that pest mentality. And Ryan Lomberg on the fourth line scores the overtime winner. Uh, pretty incredible uh, for the Panthers. Great win. And we got a series again. It's huge because Alex and I uh, uh, are sitting on game seven props or seven game the, the Tampa, Florida series to go to seven games. And now it's still got a potential chance, at least, maybe, to go the distance here. Uh, Alex, uh, last night's hockey, have at it. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, we'll start with the Minnesota Wild. That was just an absolutely disappointing uh, display. The first 20 minutes was going well for them, and then all of a sudden they seemed to have gotten, you know, kind of uh, full of themselves a bit, let Vegas chip back in in, in that game. And, you know, yeah, there were some bad calls, but that's not the, the tell the whole story. The, getting out shot 40 to 16, uh, you can have all the calls going against you, but if, you know, you're not going to take advantage of those power play chances, which the Wild have not. Uh, and same thing with Vegas. They had some, a couple of power play chances that they whiffed on as well. So, uh, you know, you they say they've got to play better, especially at home. They say you can't afford to go down 3-1 uh, and, and head back to Vegas. That would pretty much be the, the end of, the, of that series for sure. Uh, as far as with Toronto and Montreal, and I, I get what everyone's saying about the fight was completely unnecessary. I'm not saying it's completely unnecessary because look what happened two minutes after that fight took place. Josh Anderson scores to give Montreal one nothing lead. I think the point of that fight was more so the fact that for Toronto to say, hey, we need to get our heads back in the game. As much as we're worried about our captain and our player, we got to, you know, snap back into it. And I think that was Felino's way of trying to snap his team back into the game. Because if he didn't, let's say he, that fight never happens. Anderson scores. Next thing you know, Montreal could have scored two or three more goals in that period, and the game would have completely got away from him. We've seen that happen another time. So I think that's what that fight was there for. Obviously, like I said, there was no malicious intent. That was a, a freak accident. Uh, and, and, you know, So I felt it was handled the right way uh, on both sides. But what about Simmons, Alex? Yeah, yes, Simmons. Yeah, Simmons running around that chasing. That. That's, yeah, that's, that's a bit that. egregious. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 everything else, I think, as far as within the context of after okay, the I, I, off the yeah, I'll agree. I agree with that. I, I can see that. But I just, I, I, I guess you know, I'm just looking at the bigger picture, and it's one of these things I, I, it, that has been bugging me for a while, and you see it too much. Now, you guys know what I'm talking about. I mean, a, a thunderous hit in a corner. Why why does that have to be punished? That's the game. Don't we want that in our game? I mean, why? Yeah. How is that cheap? As long as long as it's a clean hit, it's fine. And, and you know, sometimes guys are going to get hurt on clean hits. But this was, this wasn't even a hit. This was all just, right. this is just bad luck, man. It just, it sucked all around. And I'm sure Tavares, you know, when he has a chance, he's going to say, "Hey, Nick, you know, I, 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 I'm grateful for what you did, but you didn't need to do that, you know." But I see what you're saying. That is a good point. You know, maybe he was trying to rally the troops a bit. Um, it's, I hope it was that. I hope I hope Alex is right and I'm wrong because if it was what I was thinking, 
then we do really need to evaluate that. And, you know, I got a lot of stuff from fans telling me, oh, that's the code. F the code, man. That What code is that? The code I knew growing up was you punish a cheap shot. You, yeah, you know, you, right. you that's what you do. And only you a deliberate attempt to injure and a really yeah. nasty, yeah. vicious, dirty hit. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, I, you know, we'll see what happens if it continues. And it's a topic for another day. But, no, good point by you. And, and guys, Josh Anderson, man. Yep. I mean, you know, I think he, he stumbled down down the, the stretch there. But forget how good he was in the beginning of the season. I, I was very interested to see how he responded in playoff action here. Uh, he hasn't – I, I feel like he wasn't able to play in a load of – the Columbus games when they upset Tampa Bay, was it? He was hurt, right? Uh, he was, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, this is sort of almost his first taste of playoff action in a while as well, uh, like a lot of guys on that team. So he could be a huge X factor for them because he really is one of the few prototypical power forwards left in this game. Yeah, uh, I, I definitely uh, wouldn't uh, argue with that. Uh, he has been excellent for Montreal, uh, exactly what they were hoping to get. And look, they won. Look, Mark Bergevin's had his, his share of mistakes and miscues as well. Not that one. Uh, no. Because Anderson for Domi has proven to be an absolute steal for the uh, Montreal Canadiens and paid dividends in game one. All right, guys, let's get to Friday. We've got four games. We'll be watching them live as they take place tonight on the BetCast. And we definitely hope you join us for that. And Jimmy Murphy... We'll be in the house for this one. Washington Capitals, Boston Bruins, game four. We've got the Bruins up two games to one. Uh, Boston minus 165 in that range. Home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. Poor Ilya Samsonov, right? I mean, he has an unbelievable first period. Actually plays a very good game overall in game three. And yet his little miscommunication error with Justin Schultz behind the net results in the Craig Smith overtime game-winning goal and a Boston Game 3 victory. That's a tough way to end a night that was pretty damn good for Samsonov prior to that. He was amazing. Yeah, apparently Ovechkin didn't get the memo that he was pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, we'll get into that in a second, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no doubt about it. Yeah, I know what you mean by that. Uh, He was excellent, like Samsonov, and I was impressed because he hasn't played in a while. He's playing in a playoff game, a Boston team that you knew – First home game in a while in the playoffs and coming off the high of the overtime win and Marshawn's goal in game two, they were going to throw everything at the net in the first period. That's why I like Boston in the first period. And I lost that bet because of Samsonov being incredible. And the left skate of Brandon Dillon is also why I lost that bet. That should have been a goal for Marshawn, and it was the Dillon skate blocking that shot, or else it would have been one nothing Bruins there. So tough one there, but Boston gets the win. Uh, They battled back. They got stronger as the game went on. And they finally tilted the uh, – actually, the, they finally capitalized on some of their chances. They did have all the pressure in the first period. But what I liked is the, the goal that the Bruins quickly got after Washington went up one nothing. That really could have taken the air out of their uh, – wind out of their sails because of all the pressure. They didn't get anything. Then Washington scores the first goal, but they answered quickly, 1-1. Uh, and that really steadied the ship for the Bruins – uh, in a hurry, leading to that overtime win. We'll see how it goes tonight. Obviously, it's Rask, Samsonov, same two goalies. Uh, we know Washington really needs this one. I don't think there's a scenario where you can envision them really having a great time coming back in this series if they fall down three games to one uh, in this series. The, the Cheshire Cat makes an interesting point here about Ovi. Uh, he has to be a little bit better. I don't want to be too critical, but you're right. He has to be a little bit better than he's been. I think a little bit more impactful. uh, And I think he's got to be a little bit more. Don't just stand on the face-off dot. Try to crash that net a little bit more. 
I like Boston in the series. I bet Boston in the series. But I am going to actually sprinkle a little Washington in the first period and the full game at this price. Because you you would think this is an empty the tank game for the Capitals. Got to have it. Don't want to go down 3-1 in this series, even though you are going back to the nation's capital for game five. And I think the Capitals do uh, really put whatever their biggest and greatest push in this series. I think good chance we see it. Because look, we didn't see it in game three, especially at the start where Boston just owned them. So I'm going to split it up here. First period, full game, Washington. It's just too rich of a price for me to pass up the Capitals here just because I think this is that game where they've just got to go after it and try everything in their power to get this win because they know it'll be difficult, a tough, arduous task if they go down 3-1 in this series. Jimmy, we'll start with you. What do you think, Capitals-Bruins game four? Yeah, I'm going to make it quick here, guys, because I actually got to gotta get ready and get into the, the city for the game. Um, look, at uh, this game, I don't know how you can't bet overtime. <laughs> that too, yes. Yeah. Thank you for reminding you know, me. I'm, gonna be on the yeah, draws, I'm going overtime. I'm betting the draw. And then I got two props that I like in this. Uh, I, I really like uh, David Pasnek. He's got to come out of this slumber that he's in right now. Sooner or later, he's got to wake up. Um, he was pressuring. I thought he had some good chances the other day. He seemed to be in his spot a little more, a little more comfortable, Get you know, creating some offense. The one thing I noticed about him lately is he's thinking pass first instead of shoot first. So I wonder if he switches that mindset tonight uh, to get back on the score sheet. But I would take him as a, as a goal prop for sure. And you're going to get some great value. I'm looking at plus 350 right now for one of the best goal scorers in the game uh, to score a goal and snap out of this slump. The other guy I would really look at that was really pushing the other day, and I think he had about four or five shots, and he's usually a pass-first mentality type guy, is Matt Grizzlick, uh, the defenseman, who, you know, this is a guy they wanted to come in and kind of replace Tory Krug and be that offensive puck-moving D-man. And I thought he had his best game in the series, maybe his best game in a month, uh, from what I, I believe, you know, just watching him so closely uh, all the time. I like him to score a goal tonight as well. And you can get him, I'm looking at it, plus 500 right now. So some really good value on those two for the props. I'm tempted to go on the under just because, yeah, like you said, Samsonov, Rask, they've both been great. The only thing I'm worried about with Samsonov, guys, and, you know, go back to Cheshire Cat talking about Ovi. Yeah, Ovi's not playing his best hockey. And maybe he should worry about that instead of, waiting at the end of the bench to chastise his goalie publicly after that goalie got them to overtime. They had no business even being in that extra frame or two. It ended up in double overtime, of course, but they had no business even being there. He played a hell of a game, like you said, Ian. And I wonder now, though, you know, he's thinking, hey, I'm coming off the ice here. I, I, I gave my all, and he's he's depleted from the loss. He's depressed. And now I got to face this in front of the stands and on TV. I got to have my captain getting in my face right now. I, I just thought it was very unprofessional by Ovechkin. And if, if Samsonov comes out and lays an egg tonight, I point the finger solely at Ovechkin for that. Yeah, that's a, that's an intangible that's worthy of keeping in the back of your mind, especially uh, because that was, that could have maybe been something where all of a sudden Samsonov's a little down. He's getting ripped on publicly uh, by Ovechkin. He's, he's not only uh, you know the leader of the team, but his countrymen. You know, and he's yeah. basically screaming at him in Russian. His countryman who he got order. COVID with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a tough look. There's there's no question. I wonder, too, let, you know, not to look a little deeper, and I know I said I'm going to be quick, there, but I wonder, guys, it's something to look into in the offseason, whether that stems back to that whole incident when him, Kuznetsov, uh, and Samsonov, you know, were partying in a hotel room. Uh, you know, did, did something linger from that night, from that incident? Has something lingered? Because we know that Kuznetsov and Samsonov uh, went back on the list again. We know there's been some issues with that. We know that Laviolette's had some issues with Kuznetsov. 
I wonder with that little Russian trio there, if there's a, a little too much drama that it's now affecting the team. And, and maybe that was sort of a carryover from that. So we'll see how it unravels tonight. But, guys, I'll give you my quick ones on the other two games. Yeah, go ahead. Jimmy's got to yeah. run. I'll run through the rest of the games and the picks you like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just real quick. I like the Hurricanes money line. I like the Jets money line. And I like the uh, – I'm going to go with the St. Louis Blues to actually steal a win from the Avalanche right now and keep this series going. So give me the St. Louis Blues. All right. Very good. There it is. Jimmy Murphy, Carolina, Winnipeg. He's going for the underdog upset again with the Jets. No bounce back for the Oilers in Jimmy's mind. And he likes St. Louis against uh, Colorado at a big plus price to uh, finally win a game in this series. Jimmy's got to run. He's got work to do. He's got business to take care of. A game to cover. Game four, Capitals, Bruins at the Garden. And uh, maybe Jimmy, I'll see you guys tonight. I'll, yes, uh, I'll try and try make an appearance on the BetCast. Yep. Yes, I'll do, I'll do it from the press box. So I'll see you then. All right, guys. All right, Jimmy, take care. See you later. All right, cheers. See you, Jimmy. All right, there he is, Jimmy Murphy, joining us here on the ice, guys. And he's off to Boston, ready to cover the Capitals and the Bruins. Uh, Alex, let's get your thoughts on this. I mean, I didn't like hearing Jimmy saying this. uh, Reminded me of the Samsonov Ovechkin thing at the end of the last game. Does that ruffle the feathers in the dressing room a little bit? Uh, We'll have to wait and see. I'm still sticking to my guns here. Smaller bets, they're not best bets, but Washington in the first period, Washington in the full game because of the price that they're getting. This is absolutely a game they got to have if they want to maintain a real legitimate threat to win the series. Uh, how do you see this one going, Alex? Yeah, I think it's more of just the issue of, of Ovechkin just trying to be a leader and just saying, hey, everybody got to pick up this shit. And it, it looked, you know, the optics looked bad on TV, but uh, I feel like, you know, this is a Washington team that's going to be geared up. Like you said, it's going to be an uh, empty the tank kind of game. Because even though they are going to go back home for game five, if they're down 3-1, that's when we might start seeing things uh, completely unravel and, you know, the series might be over. But I'm going to approach this the same way I approached Florida, Tampa Bay last night. Hopefully all three results go well. But I'm going to be on Washington first period. I'm going to be looking to try and get a better price with that first period over, which, I mean, it isn't bad right now. It's at even money. But I've been getting burned somehow with playing these first period overs pregame. When I do a mini game, they seem to cash. So we're going to follow that method because I also do want to see, like I said, how Washington comes out in that first period. Even if Boston gets the first goal, can they answer right back within the first 20 minutes? And then, you know, based on what I'm seeing there, I'll jump either full money line on Washington or full money line on Boston. So I'll be doing all that uh, on the BetCast tonight. But uh, I'm definitely right now on Washington first period as well. All right, uh, like in the first period with Washington. And again, looking for a better number for the first period over uh, live during the BetCast. And you'll be able to see when exactly we pull the trigger on that, or at least Alex, if you join us tonight uh, during the uh, BetCast. And uh, I agree with what some people are saying in our chat as we do this show live, um, that it's not all Samsonov's fault, that miscue on the Craig Smith goal. It's the defenseman's got to hold some blame too, Justin Schultz. It's equal blame, equal responsibility. So not fair for Ovechkin to single out Samsonov. That part, uh, I definitely agree with that. We'll see if the Capitals got to bounce back in. And when it comes to Jimmy's prop recommendations, Grizzlick and Pasternak, I I heed Jimmy's thoughts when it comes to Bruin goal scorer prop thoughts. He's been pretty damn good with some of these calls. Remember all the times he's called Jake DeBrus to score, you know, after he struggled or someone else, you know, to find the back of the net here for uh, the uh, Bruins, he's been pretty good with those calls on the goal scorer props involving Boston Bruins players. So uh, you might want to take uh, heed of that. Carolina-Nashville now, game three of this series. Uh, obviously, Carolina, we're looking at them pretty much mid-range favorites here uh, in game four, uh, or sorry, in game three here in Nashville. 
uh, Carolina right now in that minus 140, minus 145 range, total five and a half. All things considered, this is a reasonable number to take Carolina. They didn't even play good, I thought, in game uh, two of this uh, series. And, you know, they had to rely a lot more on the Delkovich. And look, it's really because they got into incredible penalty trouble. You listen to Brindamore after the game two victory, Alex, you wouldn't have thought the Hurricanes won. He said, no discipline, not good from us in terms of staying out of the box. We were in the box the whole night. Unfortunately, Nashville's power play is so lousy uh, that they couldn't take advantage of any of those opportunities, and they had a bunch of them uh, in that game. Where, where the hell, by the way, are Johansson and Duchesne for this Nashville team? You can't find them with a telescope. It's absolutely embarrassing that with the hope and the expectations and the skill and all, everybody was talking about them as elite NHL players a couple of years ago. And, and now you can't even find them in, in meaningful, impactful, important playoff games. Uh, and that's an issue for Nashville. Their top forwards are MIA in this series. And you're seeing Aho, Svechnikov, Teravainen, uh, Trocek, and you're seeing all the top players of the Hurricanes up front get the job done. That's the difference. Now, there is that angle to consider that I cashed with as a best bet last night, Florida first period for the team down 2-0. But I want to talk about this as a strategy for me. When I look at the first period, Alex, for a team down 2-0 in the series, I have to look at that as either a competitive series or the team that's down 2-0 is on close to equal footing with their opponent, if I'm going to bet that. If I think it's a mismatch series and one team to me is clearly better than the other, you know, I'm not as much interested in a first period, and I'm not interested in Nashville at all here, first period or full game. I just think they're outmatched, they're outclassed. Carolina's better. This is about as good of a price as you're going to get with Carolina uh, This in this series. Now that they're on the road, you get obviously a reduction uh, in the money line price with the Hurricanes. So for me, I'm going to go toward the Carolina side here, uh, minus 140 in this game. I'm also going to have a small look toward the over as well just because we had game one go over we had game two stay under nashville's got to press nashville's got to push they've got to try to get the first goal and if they do it really does open up the game a little bit and carolina can play either way low scoring high scoring they've shown you that in this series they want a high scoring game they want a low scoring game so a little bit on the over and i'm going to take carolina full game maybe nashville's good early and maybe gets an early goal, takes the lead, or maybe they're tied after the first because Nashville's going to make that strong push early in the game. But I think as the game goes on, just like we've seen in this series so far, Carolina gets better, Carolina gets stronger, uh, and I think they'll find a way to still get the victory. And I like the the price now at where it is, minus 140, compared to what we got with the Hurricanes when they were at home. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Hurricanes, Predators. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I like Carolina in this spot. I think they're going to be trying to gear up and, and say, hey, let's get this over with as soon as we possibly can. And I know people are mentioning in the chat about the crowd with Nashville. Yes, as you know, loud and, and tough of a home ice advantage as that is for them, this is a Carolina team that just got through playing two games in a very rowdy and loud environment. So that's not going to rattle them too much, especially if they can get uh, a one nothing lead early and silence that crowd. Uh, so, you know, this is the, I'm going to be looking at playing this live uh, for the full game money line. I think we'll be able to get a bit of a better adjusted price, especially if Nashville does come out, you know, maybe, you know, draw a early power play or even score a goal early. I trust Carolina enough to be able to bounce back so we can get an even better price than minus 135 or minus 140. So I will be on Carolina, but I'll be playing that live as well. Not a bad thought. Uh, that might be something that's worth uh, doing here um, that it's that uh, waited out. Because Nashville does probably come out strong first five, ten minutes, maybe even the first period entirely. And then if they're up by one, 
or it's tied, then you're gonna you're at the very least gonna get a better money line price at that point on Carolina. So good live betting strategy. Uh, we'll send that to our good friend Sean Shapiro about how to do it. Good betting strategy that works that does profit. Believe it or not, it can happen. All right, good stuff there. Uh, like in Carolina, both of us definitely lean that way full game right now. But as Alex indicated and alluded to. Maybe you're going to get a better price with that in-game. All right, next up, we've got the Winnipeg Jets, Edmonton Oilers, uh, game two of this series. Uh, referendum time on Edmonton. Man, uh, boy, is the heat ever going to get turned up if they lose this game as well tonight. My goodness, uh, it's going to be on fire, that city uh, in Edmonton. Proverbial fire, of course, uh, if they end up uh, losing this game tonight. Uh, we've got Edmonton, uh, obviously, uh, re- re- mid-sized home favorites here uh, in this game tonight against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, We'll have to see if they've got a bounce back in them tonight. As I mentioned the other day, uh, Alex, when we, uh, and I went into a long tirade about Edmonton the other day, I am not one of those people that believes the best players in the sport are above criticism. They deserve to be, you know, talked about like, Hey, you did not, you weren't good enough. You know, if you got to say that about a McDavid, if you've got to say that about an Austin Matthews or, you know, anyone in the league, if you got to say that about Michael Jordan, Back in the day, if you want to say that about, uh, you know, Troy Aikman back in the day, any player in any sport, you know, you have the right to, you know, for as great a player as they are, you've got the right to say, hey, you weren't good today. And I don't think Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl were good in game one. Uh, Can they bounce back here? We'll see. I mean, we're seeing Edmonton now minus 170. So there's been actually a price adjustment upward from where Edmonton was in game one, uh, the total five and a half here in this game. I do like the over here, five and a half, because I do think Ed, this is a game where you're going to see Connor and Leon better. The question is how much better are they going to be? But I know for a fact that a lot of times when Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl not only don't play good, but are skunked on the score sheet, and that's exactly what happened. No points between them in game one. They often come back with a vengeance, especially on home ice where Tippett can still get the line matchup advantages that he wants uh, in this game. So, you know, I, I think, I think Edmonton, I just don't feel totally comfortable betting minus 170, you know, pregame or even the regulation line for that matter. Cause I, this Winnipeg team is just feisty and they showed you that they got that playoff grit to them. They bought in defensively and they were outstanding in terms of cutting off time and space for the Oilers, uh, big gut duo there, McDavid and Dreisaitl. And look, Connor Hellebuck looked like Vesna Connor Hellebuck, uh, in game one as well. Uh, in that win. So I don't want to lay this price with Edmonton. I'll probably maybe look toward uh, a Connor or Leon goal scorer prop. I might look at an Edmonton live bet. You know, maybe this game, they don't jump on them right away. The, the first period does kind of interest me. I think that's the one bet I might make pregame. I don't want to take the full game with the price where it is, but you can go with Edmonton minus a half goal first period at plus 160. I think I like that enough to maybe bet it. I could see them having a lead after the first period. You would think that after that last game, it's come out strong, fire all the pucks you can at the net. So that's the only bet I've got, uh, two bets actually. I've got the full game over, five and a half, and I'll also go with Edmonton minus a half goal, uh, plus 160. So those will be my two pregame bets, but I would not even consider Edmonton full game unless I'm getting a better price in-game than minus 170, which we're getting right now. Just can't lay that price. But I do think there's a little value in that first period, laying a half goal. You know, it's been a strategy that's worked for me. I've had it with Colorado twice. I've had it with Boston a couple times. I've had it with Carolina in their last game, the first period, and it cashed the puck line. And I think this is the best route to take with the Oilers tonight.
Don't worry and fret about the full game money line or regulation line. Bank on that first 20 minutes being a strong 20 minutes for the Oilers. I think it will be. So I'll go with the minus a half plus 160 for Edmonton in the first period, as well as the full game over. Alex, what do you think here? Jets Oilers game two. I'm on the draw here at plus 320. I think this is definitely going to be uh, a good game for Edmonton, a better game than what we saw uh, in game one. But I, I think Winnipeg, like I said, they've got some confidence now, and we know that they know that they got to lock things down defensively. If they can stop, uh, you know, Drysaddle and McDavid, you know, it gives them obviously a puncher's chance. Hellebuck, uh, you know, like I said, his Vesna, you know, quality form uh, can stop just about anybody in the world. But I think this will be one of those games where it's going to go back and forth. We're going to see some, you know, more scoring. Uh, so I would lean with the over as well, but I like that draw at plus 320 a lot. I could see Oilers winning this 4-3 in overtime easily. All right, liking the draw here. And like I say, the draw has been outstanding in these playoffs. Although uh, last night we narrowly missed, uh, well, we did uh, almost uh, get uh, overtime in a couple of the games last night. Islanders-Pittsburgh almost got there uh, with the draw uh, in that one, but Pittsburgh ended up getting it 5-4. Florida-Tampa was the one game where the draw did cash uh, last night. Uh, in the uh, playoffs and uh, yeah uh, the draw I'm obviously on the draw in the Washington Boston game it's um, it's a must at this point like somehow some way those two teams have found a way to go to overtime uh, in every game uh, Alex likes the draw here with uh, Winnipeg and Edmonton all right Colorado St. Louis this will be the fourth and final game tonight the last game of our bet cast as well tonight St. Louis right now uh, returning home hoping for better fortune uh, they're plus 200 Home underdogs, Colorado minus 225, road favorites in this game, total five and a half uh, across the board. Um, should be interesting here. This is one game where, look, I, I, I'm sort of contradicting because I said the inferior team down 0-2. I'm not necessarily rushing to bet them in the first period like I did with Florida, and I'm obviously not doing that with Nashville, uh, but I did it with Florida because I felt they're pretty even with Tampa. I didn't do it with Nashville because I don't think they're on Carolina's level. And in in theory, I don't think St. Louis is on Colorado's level. But I'm tempted by the first period, Alex, here for St. Louis for a variety of reasons, and I'll lay them out right now. Number one, they actually took the play to Saint, to Colorado in the second and the third period uh, of the last game. A lot of it was penalty trouble for Colorado, but and they dented Grubauer. Grubauer gave up a really bad goal to Mike Hoffman that made it 4-3 uh, in that game. Uh, after McKinnon had just made it 4-2. And a little bit now, they've found some holes in group. Not that these group hours been bad, but that one goal he should have had, that's going to give them at least a little bit of confidence as they go home here. And another thing is, too, look, the Kadri incident's going to fire them up. I, uh, it really is. They weren't happy. Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen, Barube, the head coach, they all sounded off, Alex, after that game. They weren't happy with Kadri's decision to make that hit uh, against Justin Falk. Not happy one bit. And don't forget, they were playing with four defensemen because Bortuzzo also got injured uh, in that game the other night. So they were really short-handed on the blue line, yet they hung in there, you know, and they made Colorado work, you know, to hang on and win game two the other night. So I think they take a little solace in that. And this is the spot where I would much, much rather have St. Louis first period than full game because this could be St. Louis empties the tank early, throws everything, including the kitchen sink, at Philip Grubauer, in the first 20 minutes, try you know down to nothing, back home, feed off the crowd, um, and that's probably the best time to get St. Louis. Is that plus 160 is what they are here in the first period? I am going to bet that, but I can't touch them in the full game because I do think Colorado's superior. And as the game goes on, you'll see Colorado 
maybe take over and quite possibly win the game. But I do like the Blues tonight in this first period because I do think they made inroads against Colorado in that last game. And I think the incident involving Nazem Kadri on Justin Falk, uh, the Blues defenseman, is enough of an incentive to really get St. Louis really chomping at the bit early in the game. They're not good, and they're going to wear themselves out against Colorado over 60 minutes. That we've seen. They have had a harder time as the game goes on defending that speed uh, of the Avalanche, and the Blues just don't have anywhere close to the speed quotient that the Colorado Avalanche do. So for me, it's the first period specifically, and only the first period for me with St. Louis. And then I'll probably look at a Colorado live bet you know, at that point. And you'll see it play out like this on the BetCast tonight. That's exactly what I'll probably be looking to do. St. Louis first period, if I win or push that, then I'll bet Colorado live maybe at the first intermission, depending on how the game is at that point. So I do lean in that direction, and I do lean to the full game over as well. Alex, what do you think here? Colorado-St. Louis game three. Yeah, I'm attacking in the same manner, but everything I'm going to do is going to be in-game. I'm going to be playing right off the, the drop of the puck. Blues first to score. And then I'll be looking to get a, a better adjusted price with the first period over uh, shortly after that. And then I'll go from there. More than likely sit, possibly looking for a Colorado money line. I could see the, this game playing out just like the Wild and Vegas game played. I could see the Blues coming out early with a one-two goal lead. And then all of a sudden the floodgates just open up for Colorado and say, hey, you know, we can't screw around even though we're on the road. We got to, you know, win this game and, and, and keep the foothold that we have uh, on this St. Louis club. So that's the way I'm going to be playing it tonight. That's not bad. St. Louis to score that first goal, uh, that prop, uh, definitely uh, interesting. Uh, no question about that. It's definitely something to uh, keep an eye on. That's that's a, that's another good way. Like if you think St. Louis is coming out strong, you're, it's not like your only option is bet the first period money line on St. Louis. You could look at that prop specifically, St. Louis to score the first goal. Uh, and Because then you could all, all run the risk if you bet St. Louis first period, Colorado answers quickly. You know, and then all of a sudden you're wondering, is that first period going to get there uh, again? So uh, the St. Louis to score the first goal of the game uh, is definitely uh, a good look, in my opinion, especially because you would think the Blues are packing a punch early in this game tonight uh, in game three. Backs against the wall, back home, uh, trailing in the series uh, two games to none. Uh, great analysis, Alex. That is the Friday uh, card. Uh, we're keeping the show a little bit shorter today because we do want to make sure we've got all our energy uh, and all of our uh, you know, uh, all the life in us to uh, get you through the BetCast tonight. We're looking forward to it. The Tuesday night BetCast was just so much fun. You know, like I said, our listeners and our viewers of the Ice Guys, they're like family. And we really are looking forward to just, you know, kind of just watch, taking in the games and doing some live betting with them uh, on the air. So, again, looking forward very much uh, to the second uh, Ice Guys uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs live BetCast tonight starting at 6.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. If you want in, you want to be part of the stream and on the show, on the stream tonight, on the BetCast, send me a DM and we'll get that arranged. No problem. No question. That we'll get on the show for sure. All right. Before we get to best bets to wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. Great time of year. NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball uh, on a daily basis. Tons of sports daily. If you download DraftKings app, Sign up for an account. You'll get a deposit bonus, weekly specials, incentives, bet boosts on a daily basis. So make sure you download DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right. It is time for best bets for this Friday uh, card. Uh, it was a very good result for me last night with Florida 
first period, cashing in, see if we can duplicate that here tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you like here for your best bet tonight? Uh, for the record, the, that Blues to score first, if you bet that prop now, you can find it around plus 140, plus 150. So I'm going to add that to the card. That's not my best bet, though. My best bet is going to be on uh, Washington plus 130 in the first period. Uh, like I said, I like that capital spot. I think they're going to come out guns blazing, uh, and then we'll be able to adjust from their end game with the first period over uh, and then see if we're, you know things kind of tip back over in the blue, in the Bruins' favor. Then we can hit Boston Moneyline live and hope for the same kind of uh, – you know, pacing that we saw with the Tampa Bay, Florida. So Caps, first period, uh, the money line's my best bet. There you go. Washington plus 120 first period, best bet for Alex B. Smith uh, against the uh, Boston Bruins tonight. Uh, my best bet is um, going to be the – oh, boy, this is actually a trick. I'm going to go – God, God help me with this team. But I'm going to do it. I like I like the odds. I like the setup. They got – you know, I excoriated both of them in game one. I think early they show up, Edmonton Oilers, minus a half goal, plus 160 uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. I'd much rather have that, the quick start, the fast start at a great price. Look, would I rather take an Edmonton bet at plus 160 or would I rather take an Edmonton bet at minus 170? I think it's a pretty damn easy choice in my opinion. And I think the first period we will get the best of the Oilers tonight. Maybe not so much for the full game, but for the first period, yes, I think you'll see Edmonton bring the best that they've got to the table and look Dubois is back tonight for Winnipeg confirmed but he's not done a lot down the stretch he didn't play great Ehlers is still out and so that's still you know they got away with it in game one they won without him but I think Edmonton steps it up early Edmonton minus a half goal plus 160 first period that'll be my best bet for this Friday uh, NHL slate that'll wrap up this edition of the ice guys but we're back in not too long from now three and a half hours to be exact, with the start of the second Ice Guys Stanley Cup Playoffs BetCast, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, make sure you join us for another fun, wild night of hockey, live betting, booze, you name it. Uh, we're going to have it all tonight on a Friday night. What a way to start the weekend. No better way to start the weekend than kicking back and watching some hockey with us on the live BetCast. So join us tonight for that. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cam- and Jimmy Murphy, who joined us earlier, of course. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll see you on the BetCast, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, the Ice Guys BetCast. See you then. And a reminder, we're back with you for another regular edition of the Ice Guys show Saturday, noon Eastern, once again with the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. 